reason to love you. I'll put it on my list of things that I already do. If you could only see what you do. Today's guest is a good friend of mine named Mike Dean. Mike Dean is a Missouri boy, currently resides in Eldon, but from California, Missouri. I know that sounds crazy to a lot of you out there, but there is a place called California, Missouri. Tonight we're going to talk about how he got started in songwriting and his passion for it and the process behind it. So if you enjoy music at all, and especially if you're the creative type, you're going to want to stick around for this. All right. Now, without further ado, we actually have Mike here on the line. Mike, thanks for being on the Angry Man's Carousel. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Man, it, this is going to be a lot of fun. I've been wanting to get you on for a long time, actually, and uh, been kind of bugging the, bugging the shit out of you about it. But uh, I'm glad you're finally here. So what's going on with you? Oh, man. Uh, life in general, man. It's been a, It's been a crazy year. Uh, it's been a blessing, though. Uh, a lot of a lot of crazy things have happened, but uh, you know, I feel like um, it's been a good one. 2000, 2018, 2017 into eighteen, I should say. Right. Yeah. So, what what kind of crazy stuff are you talking about? Well, um, I kind of uh, reinvented myself on the. Well, I shouldn't say I reinvented myself. That's kind of a. I, I tweaked myself as far as the uh, the music scene goes, and um, um, now see every every time I hear the word tweak, I think nipple, but that's not what you did. That that is not that's definitely not what I did. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, 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 no mess for me. I'd be a lot smaller and a lot skinnier if I did. But um, yeah, go ahead. No, I just just uh, kind of changed a, a little bit the direction of music. Added. Uh, a little bit more of the rock side and um and and i'm also adding a little bit more of my faith into it uh, so things have kind of changed direction but you know then there's been some things that uh have happened in, well, in well, our family life now when you say you changed you you kind of tweaked and changed and reinvented your style what exactly do you mean by that because for a lot of people who may not know who you are or haven't heard your music, which is fucking awesome, by the way, you know I'm one of your biggest fans, but uh, what would you say was the majority of either genre or style or mood or kind of, you know, just however you would describe it that, that you've been accustomed to playing uh, most of your life? That's a good question. Um, I, I guess a little backstory. I grew up as a hard rocker. Um, I had long hair and... Uh, painted my fingernails and yeah yeah i had a i had a a bc rich platinum warlock guitar and i mean i cranked up the distortion and i just thrashed on it (laughs) and um so the people that knew me then was surprised along about 2009 ish where i decided to make the jump over to country music and you know how it is you know if you know some people that like hard rock music it's taboo to like country like you're supposed to hate country. Well, what, um, what made you want to switch over to country? Well, that's, that's kind of where my heart was. You know, secretly I was, um, you know, I listened to it. And really the, the songwriting, the message in the, in the music, um, you know, you've got God, you've got country, and you've got, you know, 
partying, drinking beer, and, and things like that. But, you know, you've got a, a wide spectrum of open ideas, and it, it was so wide open. And, and the, that scene was evolving at that time, too. It wasn't, you know, like the old Hank Williams and George Strait stuff and everything. You started getting some uh, some harder um, artists. Jason Aldean really kind of uh, pricked my heart to move over to country. And I don't mean that personally. I don't know Jason Aldean. Um, I wish I did, but... Um, his song "Chief Country" when it came out, I was like, "Man, that is awesome! It's, it's a country song, but it's got a nice rock edge to it." So, right. you know, I jumped over to country and started writing in that, and, and I feel like that's where my songwriting fit best. I feel like that's where my voice fit best, and so I just started running from kind, that. Kind of like southern rock, right? Because, uh, uh, little known fact, I actually uh, up until recently worked with a, a gal who is best friends with Jason Aldean's dad. And I gave her a copy of my latest, latest CD that I recorded, and I said, I said, uh, why don't you see what he thinks about it? Nothing ever came of that. That would have been fucking awesome, though. You're right. But you said around the time you were you were making the switch over to country is when country was starting to evolve itself. Uh, other than Jason Aldean, who's a huge success, everybody knows who he is, even if you don't like him. Uh, what do you mean by country in general was changing? You're, now, are you referring to how they kind of started to move more toward uh, you know, uh, you know, hard rock guitars, distortion, that that real that real edgy rock sound with the twang, or or because people think country today, they think fucking douchebags like Sam Hunt, Florida Georgia Line, and Luke Bryan. So, but but this is not what you're talking about. No, and and I'm glad that you brought that up. That's a good point because to me, country music is not not so much the style of music as it is the lifestyle and, and the subject matter of the song. Right. Um, and it's true to heart, you know, it's true to who you are. And, um, and I think that's why I fit so well in it. But yeah, it, it was kind of that idea where it was going from the, the twangy, nasally, whiny. Um, and, and I don't say that dogmatically. I say that as, as if it is. No, but you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So it moved from that into the more harder stuff, bringing in, you know, distortion guitars, the, the drums with, uh, you know, the, the reverb like you'd hear in some of the 80s rock music and, you know, maybe a little more hip-hop beat into it as well, too. So it was becoming more, I guess, fresh and different. Um, and so I, I kind of saw that as an opportunity for me because growing up as a rocker, you know, I did the rock thing and the distortion and, you know, the big boomy drums and everything. And and uh, But I love country music. And so it started, they kind of, the two started to kind of marry. And um, and that's where I was really enjoying the evolution of country music. Right now, let's talk about kind of where you come from too, because um, now you're you're a you're a mid Missouri boy. Were, were you born and raised in Missouri? I was uh, born, and raised, been here for probably ninety nine percent of my life, actually. Okay, where were you born? Where'd you grow up? All that stuff. Um, actually, I was born in uh, the same town as Tyler Farr over in uh, Sedalia, Missouri. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I grew up there. Never met Tyler. That is red. That is fucking redneck crazy, right? That is. It is definitely. I couldn't um, resist. Yeah, you're you're a very funny person. I enjoy it. Um, but no, it's, you know, and I I ate at his uh, family's restaurant a lot and and everything. But I I didn't even know that he was a thing, you know. But um, but yeah, that's where I was born and raised. And then I just kind of hopped around Missouri. Um, but I did do a little. Spent in Nashville as well, you know, trying to break into the country music scene. Really? When was that? Yeah. Um, that was about 2010. 
And you know, you know the story of all the the greats. They're like, you know, I threw my guitar on my back and I took a bus down there, and you know, oh yeah, just down to the scene. But that's exactly what did not happen to me. Um, <laughs> I, I did go about it all wrong. I wanted to follow those footsteps, so I took whatever money I had and and moved down there. And and uh, man, I got behind the eight ball real quick. Well, dude, listen, kind of it's fucking it. hard. I mean, the vast and when I say vast majority, I don't mean like two out of four or three out of four. I mean like 90-something percent of some of the some of the world's most talented people try to make a living on music in Music City, and it just never happens for them. It, it's, not because they, it's not because it wasn't the right time. It's not because they weren't talented. It's not because they even didn't know the right people. Just, I mean, it really is. I, I mean, it really does come down sometimes to just luck of the draw. And uh, there's guys like Wade Bowen, and Jason Isbell, who finally uh, has enjoyed some mainstream success the last several years, but um, there, I could name off a ton of people that m- have never even got a chance to have you know make one hit on the radio, just because they they weren't lucky. And it's right place, right time, right people, right everything. And uh, you know there, there's there's people who grind for thirty years that never get anywhere, and it, and it sucks because there's a lot of great artists out there like yourself. I never get the chance. Exactly. Yeah, and you listen to some of the stuff that's coming on the radio, and you're like, why Why am I not on there? <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, it's, it's definitely eye-opening, and, you know, you think, you think you're good, and then you go and get around, you know, 6,000 other musicians and singers and songwriters trying to do the same thing, and you realize, you know, maybe your talent doesn't quite add up, you know might have been lying to yourself for a while well it's a real weird place for music to be in right now right because with 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 all with the advancement of technology and all the streaming services the platforms like itunes and spotify and pandora uh a lot of songwriters aren't really making any money i mean you have to be in that upper echelon one of just ability and talent and and have the right connections but but you can you can write the best shit in the world, but unless someone makes the decision to pick up your song and record it and release it, I mean you're just kind of screwed. And even then, I mean songwriters' royalties have just plummeted into the toilet. I think the last check that I got for a royalty for all my original material was like eleven dollars and change, and that's that's a year's worth of 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 streaming and downloading and everything. It's it's fucking tough, man. It is. It is without the. Uh the support of a, a major label is tough to, to get going. But I think that's why why we're seeing the rise in sync licensing. Um, that's kind of where the money is at right now. Um, it's a good way to sustain yourself as a songwriter until you get that opportunity that maybe somebody picks up or cuts one of your tunes. Um, so yeah, I've, I've been looking at that avenue. and, and But, you know, it's the, the songwriting has been a few and far between for me lately with, with everything going on in my life. So it's... Uh, It'll slow go. So where where did you grow? Uh, you you were born in Sedalia, but where did you spend most of your time growing up? Um, in Sedalia, I, I graduated from Smith Gotten High School there in Sedalia, and um, you know from there I I lived a lot. You know some of my adult years there, and then I I moved to um, Jefferson City for a while, and then um, to California, Missouri. I moved to Nashville from California, Missouri, and then back to California, Missouri from Nashville. And uh, now I make my home in Eldon, Missouri. So nice, nice. Well, um, I, I I was actually admiring one of your songs earlier today, but, but before we before we had we, we brought you on, 
Um, and it's, and it's well, it's it's a, it's an oldie, but it's a goodie. Like I'm falling, and I actually used it for the intro to the show. Um, uh, you didn't get a chance to hear that uh, before we brought you in, but but that's one of my favorite songs. Um, uh, before we get into your specific work, can you kind of talk about um, sort of you you mentioned the transition from rock to country, and when country was starting to turn in, over into more of a arena sort of mainstream radio friendly sound. Uh, what made you want to get into songwriting in the first place? Oh, that's a good question. Um, so you're a good host, man. You really, uh, you know how to ask some good ones. <laughs> <laughs> Doing my best. Um, no, that's definitely. Um, really, I, I guess I've kind of always been a songwriter at heart. I've always been a creative person. I've, I've, at, at a very young age, you know, I was writing poetry before I even realized what I was doing. Um, you know, creative writing, uh, you know, I excelled in school and, and all the different creative writing assignments. And, and um, I think when I was 14 years old, I got my, my first guitar. It was a Bentley Series 10. And I actually slept with that thing. I literally slept with it in my bed with me. Um, that's how much I loved it. But I played it all the time. And I learned three chords that my mother taught me. And I wrote my very first song then. And it was just the dumbest, most cheesiest thing in the world. <laughs> but, you know, it rhymed, and it probably didn't make a whole lot of sense, but I just kind of felt like, I, you know, I enjoyed putting some creative writing to music. And then, as I started doing that, maybe it just was something fun to do, you know, it was something I enjoyed doing, but um, as I began to write songs and play them for family and friends and everything, you know, there started to, to be a little buzz, and I thought, well, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I have some talent in this area here, and um, all the way up to, you know, recently, you talked about like I'm falling. There's three songs that I had produced, um, including like I'm falling there at the same time, and I have another song called This Heart that actually saved a young girl's life, and I think that was the moment where I knew I had the ability to impact people. What, what were the so, circumstances surrounding that? That's it's a good story. Um, actually, I when I got those three songs produced, you know, me being a struggling, um, you know, songwriter and and trying to to bust into the to the industry, um, you know, I had to do all the the footwork, the social media, and everything myself. So probably three times a day, I would share those songs on my Facebook page, and um, and this is on my personal Facebook page. And one morning, I had gotten a message from this young lady, and she said, I, I want to tell you something, but I don't want to freak you out. And I said, okay, you know, let's, and I didn't even know who this was, but she was on my friends list. So she goes on to tell me that the night before, she was sitting at a railroad track. She had just dropped her um, children off with some of her family. Um, this was an issue she was having over a man. Um, you, you know how that goes. That tends to be uh, pretty painful when you have a relationship end and sure. so she was considering the end of it all and she sat there at the railroad track and she was posting on facebook you know just giving people hints hoping that somebody would reach out and she she told me i i, I got back on facebook one last time to see if somebody had replied or if anybody had even cared to notice what i was posting and she came across one of the times that i shared this heart so she listened to it and that song, if you haven't heard it, is um, is about a relationship. I've heard it. It's a good song. From, yeah, from a point of despair, from from a man's point of view and a woman's point of view. Um, 
So she heard that, and it gave her hope that she actually walked away from the railroad tracks and went and got her kids and, and went home. So, um, wow. I thought, man, that's about, that's about the best compliment you can ever get as a songwriter. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, I, that, I, I don't think anybody could expect a, a reaction like that. Um, you know, I listen, I've, I've written a lot, a lot of songs about heartache and and woe is me and uh breakups and uh, you know addictions and not not knowing who uh you know who your real father is and and just all kinds of mopey shit um uh they, they call me the happy writer but um i yeah I, I don't know how i would handle getting a message like that that's uh that's pretty heavy man yeah, it was it was awesome. It was awesome. I was thankful for that, and, and again, it just kind of cemented in my brain that you know I was on the right track, and I should continue doing what like I like. I'm doing the right do. thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, um, ever ever since you you made the switch over to country, um, the, something I find interesting about your development as an artist, you you had mentioned that you had learned your three basic chords, which is how all guitar players start, but um, while you were learning guitar. You were learning how to be more affluent in your ability as a creative writer. So, in a way, you were kind of you were kind of popping your cherry on both things at the same time. Where, as a lot of people start out as great writers and discover later in life, oh shit, I've got some fucking musical talent. Or the flip side of that coin, which is I'm an amazing instrumentalist or a vocalist, but I'm I'm shallow and I don't know how to write, write anything from the heart. I don't know how to get 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 things uh, emotionally onto paper but you were learning that stuff right at the same time uh, what was that process like uh you know i don't know that i could effectively describe that to be honest you know it's just kind of something kind of a metamorphosis that happened and you know when you talk about learning to play the guitar you know i've, I've heard people that that have told me man you're you're good at guitar and and i don't see myself as good you know i see myself as efficient you know but um definitely i think those two kind of things those went hand in hand for me because when i write uh music or when i write songs i'm sorry when i'm writing lyrics um the music helps you know having that feel um so being able to play an instrument well enough i guess to uh to kind of show some emotion or let some emotion come through with that playing helps with the writing. Cause now you've got that, you're on that emotional mindset, that, that track. And, um, it kind of helps you develop more effective lyrics in that aspect. But, you know, when I say developing that, I, I, I've never really kind of sat down and said, okay, what am I writing? How am I writing? Or at least in the early years I didn't, I just wrote, you know, what's your process like now? Because I know that's a really big question and, and songwriters hate that question because it's, it's not something you can encapsulate in such a small, uh, you know, phrasing. But, but for me, it's it's always different. Um, and I would imagine the same might be true for you. But some people have real methods that that that, that seem to work for them. Um, uh, it, it, a lot of times, does it kind of start off with you just sitting down with a guitar and finding a rhythm and and a chord structure, or is it something like sometimes, hey, I've got this really cool phrase in my head. I wanna I wanna make a song out of this idea or this principle. Uh, what's what's the creative process like for you? Good question. Um, for me, it's kind of like um, kind of like a Japanese typhoon. It 
it's a, a mix of a lot of things. It really just it's it's kind of order out of chaos. I, I if I can use that to explain it, but um, I'll give you an example. I might sit down with my guitar and start playing, um, and I come up with something, a little riff, a little chord progression. I just kind of feel something. And I think, man, that's awesome. And I, I sit down with it and I start trying to write some lyrics. And I don't like where the lyrics are going. And then maybe later on, I uh, maybe while I'm at work, I've got a, a string of lyrics that pop into my head and I shoot them down on, on my phone. And when I get an opportunity, I might, you know, I've got a melody going in my head. So I might pick up my guitar and try to put some chords to it and it doesn't work. And then I realized the chords that I was working on for the first song worked better for that one. Um, just a, a whole mess. Um, if I try, if if I had to narrow it down to the very basic element of the process, um, it depends on whether I'm inspired or if I'm writing to write. How if many? If I'm inspired, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You know, that's okay. When if, if I'm inspired, then I've got a I've got an idea. I've got a message that I want to put. Um, I've got a good melody going along with it, and then I can put some music to it. If I'm just writing to write, I might set down to Logic Pro, open up some MIDI instruments, maybe throw a drum track or something on there, and just kind of vibe on the music, and let that give me um, kind of an idea of what I want to. See, that's the thing too, because on. you you classify yourself as a solo artist, and dear God, are you ever? Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily compare you to Ed Sheeran because Ed Sheeran doesn't write all of his own stuff, and a lot of the magic he creates is on a looping pedal, which is great. And he's a talented guy, but with you, you are the the textbook definition of a of a hard, old school grinder. And what I mean by that is, being a solo artist, you have to create all of your individual tracks your instrumentation and make the arrangements for all this to come together in a way that is that is pleasing and i just um i just think it's really incredible what you're able to do with just nothing more than uh your your creativity and your ideas and software or just whatever you have laying around the house um for instance that that song like i'm falling i mean that sounds like a real you know, like a full band played on the entire track. And, you know, it, it must have taken hours and hours and hours and hours in the studio. But for someone like you, uh, that stuff just kind of seems to come sort of naturally. It, would I be correct in assuming that? Um, yes and no. Um, that is kind of the process that I do. But um, that song, Like I'm Falling, and the other two songs that were actually professionally produced in a studio in Nashville with studio musicians, so it is an actual band um, playing all the way through. Um, but that was me sitting down with my guitar and, you know, coming up with uh, a chord progression I liked. I wanted it to, to rock a little bit and threw some lyrics to it. And, and that was one of those songs that I would have termed as a cookie-cutter song, where I was just wanting to write a song. So I put some lyrics down. Well, whatever you call it, um, it's fucking great. Uh, what was the inspiration for that song? Was it about a person or just uh, an idea? Or? It really, to be honest with you, there was absolutely no direction to that song whatsoever. I sat down with my guitar, I was playing... Um, I had just heard, you know, like I said, started hearing some Jason Aldean, and I thought, man, I want to get into the country music where this is heading, and that's where, you know, that I liked the kind of rock edge in that song. Um, but it literally, I was just kind of mm, humming along, and then that the phrase "Give me one more" 
you know, popped into my head. And I flirted with a lot of different things. Give me one more tequila sunrise, you know, all kinds of different stuff. And um, all of a sudden it just kind of popped out. And um, so there was no direction. I wrote it from beginning to end. I didn't have to worry about, you know, well, this would fit better in the second verse. This would fit better. It just it flowed. And when I first wrote that, I thought it was stupid. I, I played it. I played it for family. And they're like, oh, that's good. And I'm listening to it. And I'm like, man, this is just juvenile and talentless <laughs> and this junk. <clears throat> and it's, it's funny because are you familiar with uh, the National Songwriters Association, NSAI? Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So they, I had a membership with them, and they allow you to do like 12 um, – song submittals per year where they will critique it and if they think that it's worth anything they'll send it on to you know the pushers and and your thing well i sent in that song like i'm falling and it was just me and my guitar you know doing it so it wasn't a production by any means but they listened to that song and their um, critique of it was this isn't a country song this is a rock song that's hilarious and that was the only thing they had to say and uh so now you hear it and it's a country rock song, is what it is. So. What a bunch of stuffy, uptight fuckholes. No. Um, like, well, listen, here's the thing. Like, what the hell is country anymore? I right, mean, exactly. I, I, I don't say that sarcastically. I, I, I mean, it's, that's, a real, that's a real question I want to pose to some of these songwriters associations and these you know, big wigs who, who think they've got the American audience all figured out. Uh, listen, I... I don't want to hear a fucking turntable or, uh, you know, uh, generically, uh, you know, computer, you know, uh, produced fake drum sounds and rapping. And yeah, I just, I just, we probably shouldn't, should, shouldn't go down that, that bunny trail because I could go on for hours, but what seriously, what the hell is country anymore? I mean, you turn on the radio or Pandora or anything, and it's really hard to tell. Some of the stuff is like old school R and B, right? Yeah, it's definitely an evolution and kind of a, a mixture of all different types of music. Which for somebody like me, I enjoy that. You know, a lot of people don't, but I do enjoy that. I I, I love hearing different styles come together. You know, they they did the same thing to Elvis Presley when he was coming up. You know, they was just they were shocked, and you know, um, but he revolutionized the industry. And I think you're right. You know, you can't look at Brantley Gilbert. I, I know how you feel about Brantley Gilbert, but he's one of my favorite songwriters. He's one of my favorite artists of, of all time. And his music, if you take out the twang in his voice and some of the violins and fiddles and stuff that he does in some of his songs, that, that's just hard rock. Yeah, yeah, you're but, absolutely right. But, Listen, but, he's, he, he's got some stuff I really enjoy, but I've just got a big problem with adapting my sound uh, yeah, and I understand it's a business, and I understand it's about giving the people what they want. But here's the thing about people: people are fucking sheep, man. People don't know what they want. Uh, people people have stuff forced down their throat constantly uh, with these songs that are played ten times a day per station in your local area. And if you listen to something long enough, you're eventually either gonna be forced to a- acquire a taste for it, just like beer. Or, you know, you're, you're going to give up on the genre altogether. So I don't necessarily believe that songwriters and, and uh, record company executives, you know, have, have us, the American people, pegged as far as what we want to hear. 
It's just that it's something n- new and different that we may not have heard before. But new and different doesn't always mean good either. For me, it's all about the quality of the lyric, uh, the, the lyrical construction of a song. Now, there are a lot of songs out there that I really enjoy that have no lyrical depth whatsoever, right? They're, they're about as shallow as a Tupperware dish, but they're fun. Yeah. And, and it's important to be able to compartmentalize, you know, th- those different types of music. But by and large, music is art. And, uh, you know, it's like modern art today. Anybody can put a pair of glasses on the floor at, a, at an art museum during an exhibit and, and, and call it a masterpiece. You know, but but really, where's the substance to it? And that's what I really enjoy about your music. Um, it's funny you're talking about the creative process, too, Mike, because that song that you and I wrote together, uh, Praying You Back, the way it, the way it ended up turning out was was not at all how you had envisioned it. But, you know, that that was something as simple as me coming over to your house one day and spending a couple hours. And you just started with capo three E minor D G F sharp and then back uh, to, to the root. And, uh, you know, just something as simple as that. I mean, I, I remember you were sitting on your couch and you go, here's what I'm feeling right now. And you just started playing it. And immediately it painted a picture in my head, you know, and the, I just think it's really interesting how the creative process can take us so many different directions without us even thinking about it. And when you're saying your, you know, your song, Like I'm Falling, that wasn't ever intended to be anything specific or great. It turned out that way, and a lot of times when we try to write something that's really, really, you know, important to us, that's close to our heart, it seems a lot more difficult when you would think it would be easy to write about the stuff that you know. But sometimes the best songs just come out of come out of nowhere. Right, that'll preach right there. <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't yeah. mean to take any of the words out of your mouth, but um, no, you, that's exactly it. That's that's you're right on the money, and it's amazing how some of the stuff that you write that you think is bad ends up being what touches somebody's life or what, what they really enjoy and the stuff that you're really proud of maybe uh, doesn't go over so well with other people. So. Right. Yeah, that's the way it goes. Um, you've played a lot of shows. Um, I, I, I think the most recent show um, that w- one of your one of your sites uh, said you had was, was in May, but, but you've played a lot of shows in this area, large and small. Um, and I remember, remember you telling me about some of them. I'm curious to know... Um, and for all the other musicians out there, what is the f- what what's your most favorite gig that you've ever got to be a part of, and and, and why? Well, um, th- I, you know, honestly, it's this most recent one. Um, I, I think it was on the twenty fifth of May, and I opened up for a band out of Illinois uh, called Brushville. Okay. And um, they're they're up and coming. You know, they play all over the place, but they're not signed to a, to a major label. But these guys are amazing i mean they are amazing they're a country band but they do a lot of uh, a lot of rock stuff a lot of uh pop mixing in their set but they do kind of mashups and things like that where they and, and they go from one song to the next to the next um it's just a high octane high energy show um but they're some of the greatest you know people you want to hang out with but and that was incidentally my my first paying gig as well so um that actually was a plus but i really enjoyed that one plus it's been a while since i played um you know with what i have going on in my personal life so it felt good to get back on stage and and to be out there um but probably my most memorable um was several years back i got to play on the country throwdown tour um and they started that tour in lampy missouri 
And, um, you know, they had uh, Justin Moore was there. Uh, Florida Georgia line before they were big was there. Eric Pasley, Maggie Rose. They had uh, Gary Allen. Um, just a bunch of big names there. And uh, I got to play with some songwriters. I don't know if you've heard of any of them. Uh, Channing Wilson, he was one of them. Rose Falcon, who wrote the song um, Give In To Me that was on the movie Country Strong. Um, she's married to Rodney Lincoln's right now. And um, and Carly Pierce, who has a song out on the radio. I think uh, All the Small Things or Every Little Thing or something like that. But yeah. um, great experience, huge crowd, um, probably my largest crowd to date. And um, just just a great experience to be out there among some of the best songwriters in the business. And, you know, I ate lunch with Eric Pasley and Florida Georgia Line. Uh, I feel like an idiot because I didn't know who Florida Georgia Line was. Um, and I was sitting there talking to them. And I'm like, oh, are you guys in a band? And, yeah, we're Florida Georgia Line. Okay, cool. I've never heard of you. Um, but I'll, I'll take a listen to see what it sounds like. Yeah. Sometimes you have to look back on stuff like that and you're like, what in the crap, man? What what did you even say? You know? <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Well, uh, uh, Eric Pazelay seems like a nice guy. I, I, as much as someone can seem like a nice guy just in interviews. Oh, yeah. He's classic. Classic. Cool. Um, what are you working on right now? Um, I, I know you're always writing new material, but um, what are your what are your plans in the short term here? Maybe just for this year or... Or even even the next you know you know several months. Well, it, you know, like I said before, the songwriting has been few and far between right now, um, which is a struggle for me because I do enjoy doing it. Um, but I think for me, I'm 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 working on some of the new direction stuff that I was telling you about with the the harder rock edge to it. Um, I really kind of envision doing something even slightly harder than Brantley Gilbert, um, and you know, of course, the subject matter in that. Um, there's a lot of uh, kind of inspirational and encouraging and, and things like that or thought-provoking. You know, there'll be some cookie-cutter songs in there, too. I think I'm working on a song called Mind Dance that would be like a country club song, you know. I'm I'm starting to put a lot more um, spirituality, a lot more faith into it as well because, you know, I am, I'm growing closer in my walk with God, and that's something that's very, very important to me. Um, so that's going to come out in there as well. But I think for my... My goals right now is just to uh, get to a point where I can get some time blocked out where I can finish some of these songs that I've started and get some more material out there for people to, to listen to and, uh, you know, try to get back on stage, you know, and, and play some more live shows. You've, you've had, you certainly had a reason um, this year to, this this year and last year, uh, to, to uh, exercise your faith and one of the biggest reasons for that is um um something that that occurred with a member of your family do you want to talk about that yeah absolutely um you know i keep alluding to things happening in my in my personal life and i'm sure your listeners are probably like what the crap was it <laughs> uh, so i mean like what did he have a sex change or what happened i don't understand you would make um, a hot you would make a hot female i'm just going to throw it out there yeah, especially with the beers. I think that would that would really just kick it off there a little bit. If Bruce Jenner can do it, so can you, brother. Oh, man, don't put any ideas in my head. <laughs> uh, but, no, the, uh, what happened was last year um, our son got injured in a football accident in, in practice, and he broke his neck. He broke his C5 vertebrae. And, um, you know, somebody that used to be a very highly athletic and and outgoing young man 
is now paralyzed in a wheelchair. And uh, that has been a very trying, very time-consuming, very emotionally draining um, experience. But it is all, and that's why I say it's been a blessing too, because it's also been something that has, you know, if I outweigh the good versus the bad, it's done a lot more good than it has bad. It's, it's strengthened our faith in the Lord. It's strengthened his faith. I mean, here, here's a young man, and I know you got an opportunity to meet him and, and sit and talk with him. That, you know, at the time of his injury was 16 years old, and he showed more poise and more, um, you know, peace. And and positivity was something that literally turned his life upside down. Then any adult, myself included, that I know of, would be able to do. And, How old is he? Just, he's seventeen now. Um, he he was sixteen when it happened. Um. So and then that's right in the midst of his, you know, the 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 best years of his life. You know, growing up high school, playing sports. You know, football and. You know, uh, he's got a girlfriend that, you know, they were enjoying time together and, and all this happened. And, of course, as a young man, you've got to be thinking, okay, is she going to stay with me? And, you know, all kinds of different things that had to be going through his mind. But, you know, he just exuded the, I mean, he just it radiated from him the peace and the calmness that God provides, you know, peace beyond all understanding. And that cemented our faith. I mean, it kind of solidified it. And it also brought the communities together. It was something where everybody just got together, the town, the surrounding towns, um, rival football teams were kneeling and praying on the, the field together after the games. And it was, just, it's just been an absolutely amazing experience um, to go through that. And I, I wouldn't change it. I mean, obviously I wish he could walk and, and, and I know I have faith that he will walk again one day and I hope very soon, but looking back on it, you know, God has a plan. God has a direction for our lives, and His life has been a testimony. And uh, you know, it's a blessing. I wouldn't change it. What would you say has been the hardest part of this whole thing for you? Um, the hardest thing for me is is seeing it, seeing the the transformation that He went through. You know, knowing where He was before. Um, you know, I wrote a song for Him that I've been working on. Um, you know, aptly called "Stand," and um, I think it's been harder for me and his mother than it has for him. At least that's the way it seems on the outside. But there are still days that I look at him and watch him struggle with his hands and, you know, not being able to move his legs and just the things that he struggles to do that we take for granted, brushing your teeth, you know, going to the bathroom, things like this. And, um, and it hits me, it hits me in my heart. You know, just I, I mourn for him in the way that, used to be in the way he is now um of course i do that secretly i don't want him to see it but um just seeing that that promised life that he had where he would go and and it just abruptly stopped and i really i to be honest with you if it were me i don't know that i could handle that i just i feel like i might just give up and say you know that's it my life is over but uh, well you've been a pillar for him this entire time and, and i've i've seen the facebook posts and i've talked to you on the phone quite a bit and um, you know, uh, we're certainly all pulling for all of you, especially Hunter, uh, in this time. But, um, what's, what's the, what's the, uh, the most, the most recent, uh, prognosis for him? Well, he just had, um, some stem cell therapy done and, um, you know, that sounds very promising. He was a prime candidate for it. the, uh, the hospital that did it in San Antonio, 
Texas, um, was very excited to be able to work with him. Um, it, it, there couldn't be a better candidate for this for this therapy. But they they uh, they did this therapy, and we're a little more than a month into it. They and they gave us a three month window to see you know what things were going to change. But um, immediately he went back to therapy, and so now he's gotten more self sufficient. Nothing nothing really new physically has has occurred yet, but um, he is he's becoming more. Um, self-dependent and you know doing things on his own so um from that aspect life is getting easier for for the you know for the family you know not having to to be there every waking moment for him and it's easier for him because now he's getting some more independence and doesn't feel like uh, a large infant you know sure. so, yeah that stem cell uh stuff is is fucking crazy man uh um mel gibson's dad uh went to panama and got or was it panama i can't remember what it's 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 um in a lot of cases it's it's uh not legal in the u.s i mean you absolutely have to be have this stuff administered by medical professionals but um uh mel gibson's dad was on death's doorstep and uh, he received stem cell uh, stem cell treatments and the guy is up and walking around and and talking and lively and and more energetic um it's it's a it's a really groundbreaking new, um, uh, you know, kind of thing, and uh, I've 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 heard so many positive results uh, from that stuff. So we'll absolutely keep our fingers crossed. Um, you said you'd wrote uh, you you uh, you recently written a song called "Stand" about Hunter and maybe for Hunter. Um, is there some place that that uh, listeners can go and and check out that and 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 check out all your other stuff? Uh, certainly. Um, now that song hasn't been recorded or, or put out there yet, and and I think I'll end up uh, unveiling that live before um, it goes to the social media sites. But certainly, if you go to uh, my Facebook page, which is facebook.com backslash Mike Dean Music, okay, then um, you know that's um, my artist page on Facebook and. Um, you know, it's been slow going, but, you know, it's starting to, to you know, time's be becoming more available for me. So um, I'll start doing some more things as well. But I have songs on Reverb Nation, um, ReverbNation.com backslash Mike Dean Country. Okay. Um, and that's, that's where you can hear a lot. And I've got some snippets of some of the new stuff that I'm working on, some little clips, um, you know, probably about a minute, some of them. Um, so to give you kind of an idea of the direction I'm headed and, and um, you know what I'm what I'm looking at, but yeah, it's uh, I just I look forward to just being able to get back to producing and writing and um, getting back out there. Well, obviously, obviously, your family has has taken up uh, the bulk of your time, and and rightfully so. Uh, we would never want to pull you away from that, but. Um, uh, uh, listen, uh, if you haven't got a hold of this guy's music yet, you need to do so. Um, super talented songwriter, and we're all looking forward to the new material that you're going to be putting out soon, especially the song about your son. So, um, so uh, not to be a dick, but please hurry. We're, we're excited to we're, we're excited to hear that one. Well, I appreciate it. And I, I don't take it that way at all. I'm the same way. I'm like, oh my God, I got to do something. I got to do something. <laughs> yeah, <You know? laughs> uh, it, it grinds at me. All right. Well, listen, Mike, I, I really appreciate you being on the show tonight. We're going to have to have you back again. So uh, thanks for being here, man. Well, thanks for having me. It's been a blast. That was my good friend, songwriter, 
father and just an overall amazing human being. Mike Dean, very, very glad we got to talk with him today. If you want to check out his music, find it on YouTube, Band Mix, Reverb Nation. We appreciate you being on the Angry Man's Carousel today.